back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I'm David Kern. Today's poem is by a living poet. And I think the only other living poet that I've read from on this show is Wendell Berry. But right now, the baseball playoffs are in full throw. They are in the midst of their hard-rendering, dramatic, tense, one batter at a time, everybody hanging on each pitch. The player is clearly tense. There's no clock, so in some ways the game just feels to drag on and drag on. Of course, this is on my mind because my team, the Milwaukee Brewers, is one of its rare instances in my life of being in the playoffs. So I've been paying pretty close attention to it. But it got me thinking about this poem for today. It's actually just called Baseball. It's by Gail Mazur, who is a poet from Massachusetts, an award-winning poet, where she's been writing poetry since the 60s. Some of her collections are... Nightfire, The Pose of Happiness, They Can't Take That Away From Me, which was finalist for the National Book Award, and and a couple of other collections as well. Pretty widely anthologized poet. Uh, She's received several Pushcart Prize anthologies and been in the Best American Poetry Series and, and so forth. Today's poem, like I said, is called Baseball. The game of baseball is not a metaphor, and I know it's not really life. The chalky green diamond the lovely dusty brown lanes I see from airplanes multiplying around the cities are only neat playing fields. Their structure is not the frame of history carved out of forest. That is not what I see on my ascent. And down in the stadium, the veteran catcher, guiding the young pitcher through the innings, the line of concentration between them, that delicate filament is not like the way you are helping me. Only it reminds me when I strain for analogies, the way a rookie strains for perfection, and the veteran in his wisdom seems to promise it. It glows from his upheld glove. And the man in front of me in the grandstand, drinking banana daiquiris from a thermos, continuing through a whole dinner to the aromatic cigar even as our team is shut out, nearly hitless. He is not like the farmer that Auden speaks of in Bruegel's Icarus, or the four inevitable woman-hating drunkards yelling, hugging each other, and moving up and down continuously for more beer. And the young wife trying to understand what a full count could be to please her husband happy in his old dreams or the little boy in his Yankees cap already nodding off to sleep against his father, program and popcorn memories sliding into the future, and the old woman from Lincoln, Maine, screaming at the Yankee slugger with wounded knees to break his leg. This is not a microcosm, not even a slice of life, and the terrible slumps when the greatest hitter mysteriously goes hitless for weeks, or the pitcher's stuff is all junk who threw like a magician all last month, or the days when our guys look like Senate cops, slipping, bumping each other, Then suddenly, the play that wasn't humanly possible, the kid we know isn't ready for the big leagues, leaps into the air to catch a ball that should have gone downtown, and coming off the field, he is hugged and bottom-slapped by the sudden sorcerers, the winning team. The question of what makes a man slump when his form, his eye, his power aren't to blame, this isn't like the bad luck that hounds us, and his frustration in the games, not like our deep rage for disappointing ourselves. The ballpark is an artifact, manicured, safe, seen in an Easter egg. And the order of the ball game, the firm structure with the mystery of accidents always contained, not the wild field we wander in, where I'm trying to recite the rules to repeat the statistics of the game, and the wind keeps carrying my words away. Um, this poem is from her collection, Zeppo's First Wife, New and Selected Poems, which came out in 2005. I believe this poem was originally published in the late 70s. One of the things that I think makes a great poem is the way it twists in and out of meanings. Um, It wraps itself kind of around itself, if that makes sense. 
lines and images wrapping around each other, taking you from one to the next, causing you to have to rethink how you're reading it, how you're thinking about it, what the lines mean, what they're saying, and the images that they're trying to offer to you. This is a poem that does that. It's hard to say whether a poem like this will last, um, whether it will be part of the canon. Just the sheer odds say that it's unlikely. Um, just as the odds would say the same thing about many of Wendell Berry's poems, if not all of them, I suppose. But this is what makes poetry so great, right? The way it takes the quotidian, the, the simple, the things we experience in our everyday life, the things that are ultimately, sometimes anyway, not even that terribly meaningful in the grand scheme of things. And it takes them and it turns them into something transcendent. And in that way, I think that this is a poem that is somewhat meta. It's commenting on the nature of poetry itself. And maybe a little bit on the nature of baseball as well. One more time, Gail Mazur's Baseball. The game of baseball is not a metaphor, and I know it's not really life. The chalky green diamond, the lovely dusty brown lanes I see from airplanes multiplying around the cities are only neat playing fields. The structure is not the frame of history carved out of forest. That is not what I see on my ascent. And down in the stadium, the veteran catcher guiding the young pitcher through the innings, the line of concentration between them. That delicate filament is not like the way you are helping me. Only it reminds me when I strain for analogies, the way a rookie strains for perfection, and the veteran in his wisdom seems to promise it, and glows from his upheld glove. And the man in front of me in the grandstand, drinking banana daiquiris from a thermos, continuing through a whole dinner to the aromatic cigar, even as our team is shut out, nearly hitless, he is not like the farmer that Auden speaks of in Bruegel's Icarus, or the four inevitable woman-hating drunkards yelling, hugging each other, and moving up and down continuously for more beer. And the young wife trying to understand what a full count could be to please her husband, happy in his old dreams. Or the little boy in the Yankees cap already nodding off to sleep against his father, program and popcorn memories sliding into the future. And the old woman from Lincoln, Maine, screaming at the Yankee slugger with wounded knees to break his leg. This is not a microcosm, not even a slice of life. And the terrible slumps when the greatest hitter mysteriously goes hitless for weeks, or the pitcher's stuff is all junk, who threw like a magician all last month, or the days when our guys look like Senate cops, slipping, bumping each other. Then suddenly the play that wasn't humanly possible, the kid we know isn't ready for the big leagues, leaps into the air to catch the ball that should have gone downtown, and coming off the field is hugged and bottom-slapped by the sudden sorcerers, the winning team. The question of what makes a man slump when his form, his eye, his power aren't to blame, this isn't like the bad luck that hounds us, and his frustration in the games not like our deep rage for disappointing ourselves. The ballpark is an artifact, manicured, safe, seen in an Easter egg, and the order of the ball game, the firm structure with the mystery of accidents always contained, not the wild field we wander in, where I'm trying to recite the rules, to repeat the statistics of the game, and the wind keeps carrying my words away. This has been The Daily Poem. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be back on Monday with another poem.